right. Well, I'm kind of excited this morning to be launching into a new sermon series, and we're not doing this alone. Lots of vineyard churches around the country are all beginning the same series today. Uh, the last Sunday in May, May 28th, is Pentecost Sunday. And that's the day we remember and celebrate how the Holy Spirit was poured out for the very first time on those 120 people who were doing what Jesus told them to do just before he ascended to heaven. They were waiting and praying in an upper room in Jerusalem for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus clearly believed that it was essential for those first believers to be filled and empowered with the Holy Spirit. If they were going to, to be the church he wanted them to be and do the things he wanted them to do. And that has never changed. The same is true for us. So along with a lot of other vineyard churches, for these seven weeks from today until Pentecost, we're going to explore and study and experience the Holy Spirit. We'll be talking about the Holy Spirit each Sunday in one way or another. And then during May, we're going to have five Holy Spirit clinics, we're calling them, where we practice doing what we talk about. Each clinic will focus on a different topic, and we've scheduled them on different days, some in the evening, some on Saturday mornings, uh, to hopefully accommodate different people. So the first one is on Saturday, May 6th in the morning. And you can come to like one of those, you can come to two of them, you can come to all of them, whatever might work for you. Each one, like I said, will be a little different. Now, I realize that we talk about the Holy Spirit quite a bit here. This isn't new. You know, we had a Holy Spirit sermon just last fall, as a matter of fact. And a lot of you have been to our School of Kingdom Ministry where we focus on this. So this series, the information we share, it may not be new information for a lot of you, but that's okay because the point of this isn't just to learn information. As we focus on the Holy Spirit, uh, it gives all of us, I mean, no matter how much we already know or don't know, it gives all of us an opportunity to know the Holy Spirit better and to experience more of the Holy Spirit and to grow in our ability to listen and respond to the Holy Spirit and use the gifts he's given us. So that's our plan. Sound good? Yeah. Let's pray. The Holy Spirit, we uh, thank you that you're here this morning working among us, that you, uh, you've been poured out into our lives, into this church, and uh, we just want to know you better. We want more, Lord. We want more of you, more of you, Holy Spirit. Um, so I ask for you to come today and all through this seven-week period that you would surprise us uh, with your goodness, surprise us with your love, surprise us with your gifts. Um, just come and work in our lives. Amen. All right. Well, I think it would be safe to say that the Holy Spirit is probably the most misunderstood member of the Trinity. Uh, I mean, we can imagine God the Father pretty easily for some reason. I guess we can picture a, a dad. Um, God the Son came to earth as Jesus, so we have no trouble picturing him. But who the Holy Spirit is is a lot less clear for many people. So we're going to play a clip from one of the Alpha Course videos of people responding to the question, who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit, it's supposed to be like... Going back to my biblical learning. <laughs> God, Jesus, and the Virgin Mary, I think. 
should know this. <laughs> I think the Holy Spirit is whatever you find in yourself. We are our own Holy Spirit. A compass inside of you that tells you like what to do. You know, what to do and how to do. Kind of pulls on your your hoodie a little bit when you're about to take the wrong turn. All that encapsulates us, the aura of love, the aura of power. You know, I learned all this, but it's still such a complex thing to talk about. Your helper, it's like, your, it's your gut, it's your intuition, it's your ancestors, somebody speaking to you and it doesn't make sense, but if you follow it, it makes sense. I don't see God being separate from the Holy Spirit and from Jesus. Giant spirit, kind of, but it's also not. Yeah, I guess that's confusing because when you pray, you say the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So then who's the Holy Spirit if it's not the Father and the Son? <laughs> so actually, I don't know how to answer that question. But it can also be a bird, but it also isn't. The power of God? It's kind of nuts to think about. Holy Spirit. I don't know. To be honest, I'm not even sure. <laughs> well, I think if we asked people around Ozaki County the same question, who's the Holy Spirit, we might get some similar responses. People just aren't sure. Uh, and it's not just confusion among people who don't know God. A lot of Christians are confused about the, the work and the person of the Holy Spirit. That's partly because most churches talk more about the Father and the Son, the Father and Jesus. The Holy Spirit can be sort of an afterthought, kind of like optional equipment on a car, right? Nice if you want it, but not really necessary. And, and it probably doesn't help that older versions of the Bible refer to him as the Holy Ghost. That's a little spooky, right? And then there's the unfortunate fact that some people have found or have had unhelpful teaching about uh, or negative experiences with what they were told was the Holy Spirit. You know, maybe you were told that you're not really a Christian unless you speak in tongues or you've seen examples of excessive emotionalism or people being manipulated in some way in the name of the Holy Spirit. Or, or on the other end of the spectrum, maybe you were taught that the gifts and the manifestations of the Spirit died out with the apostles. And so anybody claiming that those things are still available today is either a charlatan or, you know, false teacher or demonic or something, right? It's no wonder there's confusion. So let me say very clearly what we believe. You know, we are a church that's part of a family of churches, the vineyard, that believes the Holy Spirit is a person, which is the historic orthodox teaching of the church. He's a person just like God the Father and Jesus who is God the Son are persons. The Holy Spirit is not a ghost, nor is he some kind of impersonal force like you know, the force in Star Wars or something. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity who can be known and loved just like God the Father and like Jesus the Son can be known and loved. And while the three persons in the Trinity each have some unique roles and responsibilities, they are all fully God and together, they are one God. That's a mind bender, right? <laughs> so if any one of the three persons of the Trinity are ignored or left out of your picture of God, who you're picturing is not really the God of the Bible. And we believe the Holy Spirit is just as active in the world today as he was back in the days of the early church. We believe in the person, the presence, and the power 
of the Holy Spirit. And we believe we need his presence and power today just as much as they did way back then. So I'm going to read to you to begin from Genesis 1, 1 and 2. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So the Holy Spirit shows up right in these opening verses of the Bible. And if you go to the last chapter of the Bible, Revelation 22, you'll find the Holy Spirit there too. You know, the Holy Spirit is found all over the Bible, doing all sorts of things with all sorts of people. Um, I have a note here, but I don't think we did that, so I'm going to skip that part. <laughs> I'd encourage you, I'll say this, I was going to have some cards printed up, but I think we didn't do that uh, with some Bible verses about the Holy Spirit. But I encourage you just to dig into your Bibles and just start looking. Where's the Holy Spirit? He's all over the place. Yeah, and one of the things you'll see if you do that, if you, if you dig into the Bible, look for the Holy Spirit, maybe talk about him in your small groups, is that the Holy Spirit seems to be the person of God who activates what God the Father wants to have happen. In other words, the Holy Spirit is the one who seems to make it happen. That's what I think Genesis 1 is describing. You know, the Spirit's hovering over the waters, it said, just waiting. And then God the Father speaks the word about what he wants. Let there be light. And it's like the Holy Spirit springs into action and light is created. All through the Old Testament, we read about particular people like Samuel or David or uh, Deborah or Zerubbabel. Isn't that a great name for your next kid? Zerubbabel, being filled with the Holy Spirit who empowers them to do what God wants. And that just increases in the New Testament. You know, it was the Holy Spirit's power, or by the Holy Spirit's power, that Mary miraculously became the mother of Jesus, we're told. It was by the Holy Spirit's power, we're told in, I think, the book of Hebrews, that Jesus lived a sinful life. It was by the Holy Spirit's power that Jesus did the miracles that he did. It was by the Holy Spirit's power that Jesus was raised from the dead. It was by the Holy Spirit's power that Jesus' followers were able to continue the work of Jesus, telling the good news and healing the sick and casting out demons and caring for the poor and living lives of sacrificial love. It's the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit that we need just as much today so that we can do what Jesus calls us to do and be the community of people who really do love God, love others, period. Amen? So here's the thing. God wants to make our lives indescribably wonderful. Do you believe that? I think he really does. He wants to make our lives indescribably wonderful. And the Holy Spirit is his gift to us to help that happen. Jesus called the Holy Spirit the gift of the Father. The Holy Spirit is, is the gift of the Father who can fill our lives with joy and peace and love and patience and all the rest of what the Bible calls the fruit of the Spirit and fill our lives with those things 
irrespective of what our circumstances of life might be like, right? And the Holy Spirit is also the gift of the Father who then empowers us to do everything God wants us to do. And see, these are the things that actually make life truly good, right? That's what really makes life truly good and indescribably wonderful. Well, for all of that to happen, we need to be able to see God as he really is and see ourselves and our lives and our circumstances and this world the way God sees them. And so one of the main roles of the Holy Spirit is to be our revealer. So I'm going to read from John chapter 16. This is verses 12 to 15. So Jesus is speaking, and he says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. The Holy Spirit is the revealer who's always revealing truth to us. In other words, he's always showing us things as they really are. Yeah, he's the revealer who shows us what's real. And that starts even before we're believers. The Holy Spirit begins believing truth to us that draws us to Jesus. I, I remember when I was 17 years old, I was backpacking in the Canadian Rockies with my friend Jeff. And I, I already believed God at some level, believed in God at some level. I'd grown up, you know, going to church and everything. But I didn't know him. Yeah, I, I was pretty skeptical, too, about the Bible. And like a lot of people, I was just pretty much into myself, if I was honest. Um, so Jeff challenged me to read the Bible each day on our trip as we were backpacking. And he gave me his little pocket-sized Bible to use. It was the King James Version, so already hard to understand, right? Uh, all the these and thous and everything. And he suggested that I start with the book of Revelation. <laughs> Probably the most difficult Bible or book in the Bible to have any kind of understanding about. Great advice, Jeff. So every night in my tent, I mean, what did I know? That's what I read every night in my tent. And I'm sure I didn't understand any of it. But by the end of that trip, I was convinced that the Bible is true that it really is God's word to us. And that was the Holy Spirit revealing truth to me. He's our revealer who shows us what is real. See, when we give our lives to Jesus, the Holy Spirit actually comes to live in us, the Bible teaches us. Now, that's a mystery, right? We don't know exactly how that works. Um, but when we come into relationship with God, we experience something called the new birth. In John 3, Jesus describes it as being born again or born anew. He said that it's the Holy Spirit giving birth to new spiritual life in us. So it's the Holy Spirit who draws us to Jesus, and then it's the Holy Spirit who comes into us and makes us spiritually alive so that we can see 
who Jesus is and what he's done for us, and we can know how much God loves us. We don't figure all that out on our own. That's the Holy Spirit revealing truth to us, showing us what's real. And that doesn't end when we give our lives to Jesus. That's just the beginning. Yeah, I love how the message version of the Bible translates verse 13 of that passage I read in in John. Uh, Jesus, like I said, is speaking to his disciples, and he says in the message translation, he says, but when the friend comes, the spirit of truth, he will take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth there is. Isn't that a great translation? See, you don't have to be a follower of Jesus for very long before you realize that even though the Holy Spirit lives in you, you still have a lot of questions, <laughs> right? Or is this just me? Just, just now, so I know it's not just me, right? You know, we have questions about who God is and what he's like and what he wants for us. Just because the Holy Spirit lives in us doesn't mean that we are living in the fullness and the richness of the life Jesus intends us to live. It doesn't take many days as a follower of Jesus to discover that we're still confused about a lot of things. We still have problems. We still have to deal with all sorts of crud in our lives. Now, you may come here on Sunday and think, everybody else has this all figured out. Their lives are next to perfect. I mean, look at them sitting over there. They're, They're like so holy. It's just amazing. They're not struggling with doubts or questions or problems. I'm the only one dealing with this stuff. What's wrong with me? Let me tell you, that's not true, right? That's not real. We're all in the same boat. So I love how the message version describes the Holy Spirit as this friend who takes us by the hand and guides us into all the truth there is. What a picture. And I'm sure it's the same picture Paul had in mind when he wrote Galatians 5, telling us to walk by the Spirit. Take his hand and let him guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit is our revealer, and he's our friend who is always eager to be revealing more and more truth to us, showing us what is real and what is not as we hold his hand and let him guide us. Well, great. How do you do that practically, right? Well, I think it starts, of course, with giving our lives to Jesus. That's the beginning, so that we can receive the gift of the Father, the presence of the Holy Spirit in us. We receive God's gift of grace and mercy and forgiveness. We surrender our lives to Jesus as our King, our Lord, rather than thinking we can manage our own lives all by ourselves perfectly well. Thank you very much. We just pray something like, Jesus, I give my life to you. I surrender to you as my Lord, as my King. I confess that I need you in my life. I need your forgiveness. I I need your grace. I, I need, and I receive it all as a gift from you. So thank you for your love for me, Lord. I open myself to be filled with you, filled with your Holy Spirit. And I'm born anew into the kingdom of God. It's that simple. Then having done that, the next thing 
as we continue on with our lives is simply to trust that the Holy Spirit really is in me all the time. When I feel like he's there, but just as much when I don't. I simply trust that the Holy Spirit is with me. He's guiding me. He's speaking to me. He's showing me what is real. It is so easy to forget that, isn't it? I mean, it really is. It's so easy to feel like we're on our own, to slip back into thinking that I have to figure all this out by myself. It's one of the many reasons that we need each other, to remind each other that this is true. That's why we're called into community, right? To remind each other, for one thing, among many other things. And in fact, often the way the Holy Spirit guides us, the way he takes us by the hand and guides us is through each other as we share our lives because the Holy Spirit isn't just in me, he's in us together. We trust that the Holy Spirit is in us. So, we open ourselves, we receive the Holy Spirit, we trust that he's really in us, and then we pay attention to the Holy Spirit. We have to learn to do that, and we get better at it over time as we practice doing it. So as you pray, take some time to listen. Don't just talk all the time. Take some time to listen because the Holy Spirit will speak to you. As you're reading your Bible each day, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you through it because he will. We learn to listen. We learn to pay attention. As you're going about your day, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you, to nudge you, guide you about anything and everything, not just spiritual stuff, everything. And then pay attention to how he does that. Most of the time, the Holy Spirit will sound and feel like your own thoughts. So it's easy to dismiss them. You'll be tempted to dismiss them. Don't do that. (laughs) You have to learn to not do that. That's, That's the trust part, right? Listen to them. Pay attention. You know, question you could ask, does it, do you think... Does what you think you hear him saying or what you sense him saying, does it sound like it's coming from a God who loves you? If it is, that's a good chance it's the Holy Spirit, if it does. You know, and does it line up with what the Bible teaches us? Good chance then it's the Holy Spirit. And if you're still not sure, ask a friend. Ask him, does this sound like God to you? It's another great way to confirm it. And then when you think you're probably hearing the Spirit, we respond by obeying. That step is really important. Often it's very simple things he's going to tell us to do like, hey, remember to read your Bible today. Or ask your spouse, ask your friend how their day is going and then actually listen to their answer. (laughs) Or why don't you go say something kind to that, that classmate who you know is feeling left out? Or why don't you put your work aside and go play with your kids for a while? Or you should really go take some time for yourself. Do you know the Holy Spirit will say stuff like that? Other times it may feel more risky, like, hey, why don't you ask that person if you can pray for them? 
Or maybe you should be more generous with your money, you know, stuff that feels risky. I have found that when I pay attention to the Spirit and respond in obedience to Him, especially when it feels risky, I get so encouraged, right? It builds me up. It builds up my confidence in God so I'm able to trust Him and pay attention to Him even more. So we receive, we trust, we pay attention, we respond. That's how we grow in this relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's how we let him hold our hand and guide us into all truth. It's how we come to know him is our revealer. Um, And that's what he wants for us to know. Amen? Amen. Receive, trust, pay attention, and respond. All right. Well, in just a couple minutes, we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. So if you're online, you could gather what you need for that.